Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. And happy party Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Chuck and Julie show. Chuck Bonnyville, Julie Hayden, grassroots show, the truth straight up. Chuck will be joining us here in a second. Um, big day tomorrow, Saturday for the Colorado Republican Party. He's been on the phone all morning um, wrapping, uh, well, not really wrapping stuff up, but talking about that. We'll get to that um, later on in the show. And I also want to talk about something I floated on Wednesday. Everyone is now saying, and that is that the RNC should cancel the stupid presidential debates. Um, I think New York Post had Trump up 62 percent something ridiculous like that but wanted to start off with one of our favorite guests robert spencer from jihad watch an expert on international affairs um robert happy party friday thank you for your time today thanks julie good to see you yeah and like i said chuck will be down here in a second okay so wanted to get an update on ukraine um fortunately you know our government may be shutting down on sunday because they're not giving it the money. But before that happens, they made sure to specifically the House did at least give $300 million more to Ukraine. That's on top of the $113 billion we've already given them. Um, you're just your take. And then we can ask you to sort of update us on your read on the latest. But just your, your take in general. Well, the worst part about the money is that there's no accountability whatsoever. <laughs> we don't really have any idea what is being done with all this money. And that is criminal. Uh, Would you write a check to somebody, uh, to a business for $300 million or really for any amount and just say, oh, I I, I don't care. Do whatever you want with it. There are lingering suspicions going back to the scandal with Sam Bankman Freed that the uh, money is being laundered and supporting leftist politicians and politicians who will aid the regime agenda in the United States. And those have never been answered. They've never even been addressed. You know, the 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 charges against Sam Bankman-Fried were mysteriously dropped. The whole thing was swept under the rug. And yet he there was credible allegate there were credible allegations at that time that the uh, Ukrainian government was sending money to his organization. His organization was then supporting politicians, mostly Democrats, but some establishment Republicans as well. And so then they would vote for aid to Ukraine. And the whole thing was a self-reinforcing situation. Meanwhile, the Ukrainians are suffering heavy losses. It's all covered up, but the Russians seem to have secured control of the regions in the east that are largely populated by Russians and not Ukrainians. And the Ukrainians, there was an EU politician just a week or so ago who uh, let slip that the Ukrainians had suffered 200,000 casualties, which is many, many, about 10 times more than the Russians have suffered. Now, we have not seen this in the Western press, and I'm not saying that that's the case, but I don't know why the guy would have made it up. And if that's the case, then here again, what are we paying for? 
Right. Well, you raised so many points in that. So that just break it down. So yeah, number one, you'd have to think, okay, so $113 billion. I mean, they could think of, I mean, all, I mean, every, you know, Ukrainian could be a multimillionaire on, on something like that, right? At a certain point, it, which begs the question then, so why are they continuing to fight and what are they doing with the money? And the reason that no one seems to want to find out, I think you're absolutely right. They send this money to Ukraine, Zelensky and company take a little bit off the top and then funnel it right back into the United States. And that's why people are like, well, it's going to take what it takes. You know, it's going to take forever because everyone else is making money. The money isn't actually really being spent. Uh, I mean, so you're saying, I think it's absolutely true. $113 billion hasn't been spent in Ukraine, that's why they can't show us what they're spending it on, right? Then that's why they're not winning. That's why they're losing the conflict. And not only are they losing, but then they're refusing to stop fighting, which is crazy because an agreement, there have been feelers for peace agreements several times, and it really would be very simple. And both sides could agree that Ukraine would cede these two Russian provinces in the east of Ukraine to Russia. There's, they really never were part of Ukraine. They're only part of Ukraine because Khrushchev was in the 50s giving a gift to the Ukrainians as kind of a uh, uh, an attempt to make up for the fact that Stalin had been responsible for the murder of millions of Ukrainians. Yeah. And Khrushchev admitted this as the head of the Soviet Union. Ukraine was a Soviet province. And so he made Crimea... And what is it, Donbass and Donetsk, I think, who that uh, were Russian populated, and he made them part of Ukraine. But it really didn't matter because it was all the Soviet Union. It right. only started to matter when in 1991, of course, the Soviet Union fell and Ukraine became an independent country. Now, the fact is, these are Russian populated areas. Right. You can say Putin's a scoundrel, and Putin's the new Hitler, and Putin is whatever you want him to be. But the fact is, those are Russian populated areas. And there could have been peace, there could still be peace made today, right. on the right. basis of just signing them over to the Soviet uh, to Russia, and letting it be, but they don't want the peace. And why do they not want the peace? Well, you got to wonder, is it so to keep the money laundering going? Well, exactly. I mean, and you think of the level of corruption, and that would be hard to prove, I'm sure, because Ukraine would say, well, no, we're just using it for for um, lobbying efforts. But but I would and this like, let me pause to point out that Colorado, Colorado Rhino Republicans, Ken Buck and Doug Lambord voted for sending more money to Ukraine. And well, and you're right. It's it's astonishing to me. And I guess, you know, if you're Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Green, you keep saying, you know, show us where the money's going. And and everyone's like, no, no, no. We can't. I mean, they don't even address that. Right. And that's because it's coming right back around and they're, You know, maybe they all have gold bars these days or something like that, like Menendez, you know. Um, in the meantime, though, I guess let's talk a little bit about. I mean, sooner or later, they've got, they're going to run out of Ukrainians, it seems to me, right? I mean, it's not that big of a country. It's not like Russia. A lot of the people fled. How do you, I mean, and as you said, it's so difficult to get information out. I suspect in part because they want to hide the laundering and the corruption that's going on. But at a certain point, doesn't this, like, I mean, not to be cruel or blunt, but it seems to me you run out of Ukrainian soldiers. Yeah, sure. And that's common. But the so the situation is unsustainable in the long run. Right. But these people are totally oriented toward their own self-interest. And so they're going to ride the gravy train as long as it can possibly be ridden. This is really it's human nature. You know, people yeah. are 
tend they tend to do this when Nazi Germany, and I'm not comparing Ukraine to Nazi Germany, so <laughs> calm down, everyone. But the fact is that, you know, even in the waning days when the Russians are at the gates of Berlin in April 1945, there's jockeying for power and people vying to be the one who would succeed Hitler. Now, why on earth would you want to be the leader of this crumbling regime and end up being in prison the next week? Because yeah. maybe you can grab some money and sneak away before they come, you know? And so the, the, there's never any end to the corruption and to the opportunities that people will take if they think there's some money in it. Well, I, I guess you're right. And meanwhile, I'm sure Zelensky, I mean, it, it's not like, I don't know how the money is sent, right? Do they write a check to dear Zelensky here? You know what I mean? And sign, you know, Chuck Schumer or something like that. But however they spend the money, I'm sure, like I said, Ukraine is, some is probably going to some kind of war effort. Um, but on the other hand, I'm sure that they're skimming off their take. Um, and then they flip it back around, like you said, through entities here in the United States, who then funnel it back into people. And I mean, everyone's taking a cut and that's why it's 113 billion. And that's why I think the Biden administration says, oh, we need to send another 24 billion. Um, I mean, this makes Hunter Biden look like, I, you know, I don't know what, a candy store robber or something like that compared to, to compared to this. Um, how and I, and I guess so you're saying it'll end sooner or later, it'll end and they'll be like, OK, I guess we'll end it now. We've all gotten rich and now we're going to go find our next war, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly the case. The military-industrial complex is very much involved in this, and they are always about their own bottom line. Mitch McConnell actually spilled the beans on this the other day when he said that the war has re-industrialized our base. And, you know, that's <laughs> one reason why the United States has gotten into so many wars, because the American economy was in the doldrums, and a war tends to get the economy going because it creates jobs in for the munitions companies, the weapons companies, and for the need for troops and so on. Now, of course, this one, we're not totally in it, and we're not in World War III and having boots on the ground, at least not yet, but there's no doubt he was talking about this being an economic benefit for the American people. I'm not even sure that's true, but he said it. I'm sure it's an economic benefit for people like Mitch McConnell. Well, I mean, I was going to say, given the state of our politicians these days, I think they've sort of said, hey, screw the American people. That's just cut out, so to speak, the middleman. Screw providing jobs and spending any of that money on something that's going to benefit the American people. Let's just put it right back into our pockets, um, you know, which wouldn't really surprise me very much at all. Well, in the meantime, what do you say about Europe? I mean, are they getting cuts, too, or is this why... You know, Europe, it seems to be that Europe is, or at least certain countries, are taking a step back. Or what's going on there? Well, yeah, the Polish, of course, have uh, gotten a lot of headlines over the last few days because uh, they have broken with Ukraine. They're very angry about Zelensky trying to start World War III, which is what he was doing, firing rockets into Poland and then blaming the Russians yeah. because he knew that that would trigger the NATO alliance. Uh, the 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 mutual defense uh, stipulations that NATO has. Uh, and so the Poles think, you know, what are we doing sticking our necks out for this guy when he's putting us on the line right. for, to, to defend himself? And I think there's growing discontent all across Europe for this. But even the fact that Europe has been involved to start with and that NATO is so heavily invested in this shows that the whole thing was 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 wrongly sold 
from the beginning, because actually what NATO is, is a mutual defense alliance. We have an obligation to defend the countries in NATO. We don't have an obligation to defend the countries that are not in NATO. Ukraine is not in NATO. We actually have no obligation to do anything to defend right. it. And there was no real indication that Putin's going to roll through Europe and start invading and taking the whole thing over. But even if he did, our obligations would actually be triggered when he started to invade a NATO country, which he has not done. Only right. Zelensky did that, actually, oddly enough. How how do you think this ties into, I mean, what we're seeing increasingly through the impeachment hearings and just the information that, the, you know, the committees that are coming up about the corrupt ties between Biden, the Biden family and Ukraine. I mean, is that is that maybe why they picked Ukraine, basically? I mean, some of those connections, the pathways, so to speak, the bank routing numbers were already all in place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look, Julie, you know, when we're talking about the money laundering and money lining the pockets of <laughs> politicians who are pro-Ukraine in the United States, Joe Biden is the chief. Yeah, because after all, you have to remember that this whole thing, one of the primary indications of the corruption of the Biden family is the fact that Hunter, this crackhead with no visible skills, got a job for eighty two thousand dollars a month. Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, that's just, just staggering to me. An eighty two thousand dollar a month salary to be on the board of a Ukrainian natural gas company, Burisma. No qualifications for that at all. He's not a natural gas expert. He doesn't know anything about the oil industry or the natural gas industry. He was just at the time the vice president's son. It was right. an obvious case. You'd have to be a, 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 a mentally challenged third grader not to see <laughs> that this was an obvious case of influence peddling. And right. so it's all been about Ukraine. The money, the, the corruption of the Biden administration is centered on Ukraine. And so it is no accident, comrade, as the Marxists used to say, that we're, we've got to fight this tremendous war for freedom in Ukraine. It's all a, a, a facade to protect the Biden corruption. How does it tie in? And Chuck is here now for folks who are just joining us. Chuck is oh. I was telling you about it, but you've been busy. You've got a big meeting tomorrow. Right. How? Um, so when, when Donald Trump gets up and says stuff like, I could end the Ukrainian war in 24 hours. I mean, and it's been Tucker Carlson's position that a great many of the attacks on Trump are because of that, because he's opposed to Ukraine. And that, I mean, because that would, as you said, you know, that would stop the gravy train like in 24 hours, how much how much do you think that does play into all of this opposition and the the uh, Department of Justice and the weaponization of the legal system against Trump? Oh, I wouldn't be in the least surprised if this was at the heart of all of it, that okay. Ukraine has been their cash cow for a long time. It wasn't just Biden, but if I recall correctly, it was Mitt Romney and Nancy Pelosi also had children who mysteriously got high-paying jobs on with Burisma. oil companies. <laughs> uh, what a coincidence. And isn't it amazing that the Ukrainian natural gas and oil industry is suddenly interested in hiring the children of American politicians who have no qualifications in their industry? What an amazing coincidence. <laughs> so you've got to think that this is where all their money is coming from, or a great big chunk of it, and they see Donald Trump is threatening that. And it's a very real thing. You know, I I, I got to confess that I, I'll vote for him, but I, I don't love Donald Trump as much as I used to. And one of the reasons is because I see him promising a lot of the same things that he promised in 16 and did not deliver. But 
There's no doubt that Putin did not move against Ukraine while he was president. And Trump has said that this was because he actually threatened to flatten Moscow. Yeah. And well, said, you know, all those beautiful onion domes and spires, <laughs> Moscow is a beautiful city, uh, be gone. And, 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 you know, Trump issues a threat like that. Putin would be foolish not to take him seriously. And so if he is going to say something like that, he could easily say it again. Putin would have to stand down. He wouldn't take the risk. So he really could end this thing in 24 hours. But that would be that that would mean that all these congressmen and senators are going to have to exist on their congressional salaries. For the <laughs> this time. Well, let me ask you a question that uh, I don't think you may have gone over. But if I have, I apologize. Um, the two sources of information on Ukraine. One is the United States, uh, the Institute for War, which is just a front for the Pentagon, British intelligence and British media, um, which is always positive. The Russians are always low morale and they're all going to desert. And it's just always pro-Ukrainian. It's not objective in the least. Um, there's also on the other side, uh, South Front, which claims to be independently funded, but it's clear it's it's a child of the uh, of the uh, Ministry of Defense of Russia. Um, although in wording and in, in tone, they're more objective than the other one, <laughs> but they're not objective. Um, and the third source is, is a group of people that appear on uh, various shows, including a CIA analyst, Larry Johnson, yeah. Colonel McGregor, um, and some others who say the war is going absolutely awful. It's just a slaughter bin. Uh, Russian losses are are fractional to those of Ukraine um, and it's it's going terribly and who knows uh, whether they can make it through the winter or not. I yeah. have no way of knowing uh, who is, Which <laughs> is true. those three <clears throat> sources are, 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 are correct but but I have a feeling that McGregor and Johnson and some others um, seem a little more believable than anybody else. Yeah, I would tend to favor them. We were talking before you came in, Chuck, about this, and I mentioned an EU politician who said exactly what you just said there, that Russian losses are about a tenth of the losses of the Ukrainians. And this was right. something that he said uh, kind of offhandedly in the course of making other points, perhaps not right. realizing that this was not material that had gotten out on a larger scale. But also there was a Russian source recently. Now, here again, it's a Russian source. And so right. we have to take it with a grain of salt. But they did an extensive survey of uh, obituaries in newspapers. Mm. Now, this is an interesting way to approach the situation when uh, both sides might have reason to conceal what's going on. They looked for the obituaries of young military age men. And here again, the Ukrainian obituaries were running about 10 times more frequent than the wow. Russian. Wow. Wow. Well, so, you know, and that brings up something, Robert. Well, let me have one other okay. point. Of it. I mean, it, it does make sense um, that if if you're attacking a fortified position, um, you're going to suffer, I guess they say three to one, or it could be more, um, uh, losses. And it's clear that, that the Ukrainians have thrown tens of thousands, if not more, into these meat grinders, and it would make sense um, that they would be suffering greatly more than the, the Russians, especially if they can't overrun any positions. Well, that that's reasonable, but the problem is they can't sustain it. Yeah. The military is much smaller. The population is smaller. 
this is uh, like we were talking about. This is not something they're going to be able to keep up for any significant period of time. And you know, and, and the oh, I'm sorry. No. Um, and and the fact that that American funding is is starting to get pushback. I mean, oh, there's yeah. been a lot of pushback about 300 million. I mean, that's, that's just a, uh, that's, that's a dessert, uh, for, or, or, or a souffle for the, uh, Ukrainians, 300 million. They could go through that in, in, in uh, 10 seconds. And they need, they, you know, we support their whole government, their pensions, their salaries, their first responders. Everybody's on the dole for the United States. And so if it starts to slow down, even slow down, um, they're going to have some real problems, uh, keeping, uh, Ukraine together. Yeah, and they've already lost the primary objectives. The Russians wanted to gain control of the Russian uh, populated territories of Ukraine, and they've already done that. And the Ukrainians are not going to be able to win them back. And they don't even want to be won back. I mean, this is these are areas that are Russian. They are Russian. The, the people there are Russian. They don't really want to be part of Ukraine. This is one thing that's never discussed in the Western press. Right. Uh, and you can't even discuss it without people saying, oh, you love Putin. You must, you, <laughs> must you know, well, actually, no. Uh, Putin could be the worst guy in the world, but these would still be Russian areas. Well, and, 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 and the other area that I think Russia wants back is Odessa. That's at least half Russian. Uh, well, that may be. Uh, that's and, one that's uh, a little more dicey. But yeah. when you talk about the Donbass, and Crimea, even these are Russian territories from time immemorial. And so now Robert was making the point that the main reason for the Ukrainian war is, as we saw with the Sam Bateman Freed thing, is for us to send money to Ukraine. Ukraine then sends it back to Sam Bateman Freed and other people here who then pay it to politicians and left clauses. And media outlets and everything else. So here's my question, Robert. I have noticed, I mean, Ukraine is not that big a country, right? Pretty they, big. It's the biggest like, landmass. Uh, wait, wait let, me make my, let me make a point. But, but it's not. It's and we've seen people travel over there and they do Vogue magazine shoots and things like that. And we see Biden walking through the streets. So it's not as if the whole entire country is a war zone. But we have seen, I think, astonishingly little actual media coverage. I mean, I remember sometimes when there was stuff going on in Iran and Iraq, and you might even have all the reporters reporting from the same hill, but you had all of these reporters constantly report, you know, they were wartime correspondents, right? You don't see any of that here. I mean, and it looks like it would be fairly safe and everybody's friendly. Zelensky would let them in, right? It's not like trying to get into the Middle East. And we've seen like I mean, Sean Penn went over and did a documentary, but there's been like almost zero actual reporting. So I'm going to raise a question. Could this all be, and I'm halfway joking, but a wag the dog kind of thing where there actually isn't even any war going on, right? They just periodically blow stuff up in the distance and people see smoke and then they put some obituaries in like they did to people who never existed. And meanwhile, everyone keeps funneling the money. And that's why nobody really wants to end it because the Ukrainians, I mean, I don't know, they're getting paid something. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but a part of me is like, I don't know. That wouldn't totally surprise me if that was the case. Julie, that has occurred to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. You know, I, I think that it, it, it does sound crazy, but you're right. I mean, going back to Vietnam, the wars have been extensively televised. Oh, yeah. Right. And, uh, there was massive coverage. You could, you're, you were always turning on, you would turn on the news and see the fighting. And I saw, right. you know, I don't watch the network news anymore, but it would seem like I would see that we ought to be seeing clips on Twitter or something of uh, videos of, of, of fighting. 
Right. So for whatever reason, the reporters are not in the war zones like they were in the past. And that leads to uh, this kind of skepticism. It may be that the whole thing is a money laundering venture. (laughs) I don't know. But then I I don't know they would have gotten Well, the only thing you do see are these things that Russia sends out of of some drone or missile blowing up a tank. But that doesn't mean anybody's in the tank. It may be just part of this. Right. Or that it's not craft that was in a in a in a warehouse and they pulled it out to bomb it to make the video. Or it was like the Second World War or something, right? I mean, you know, I mean, or AI generated it. That just, that has just struck me. I mean, because for the for reporters, being a wartime correspondent, I mean, that's huge, right? That's a career maker, right? And this isn't a country that is friendly to us. It's not like they're even in hostile territory, right? There are plenty of people who speak English that could help them get around. And yet, when you look, it's exactly like you see. If you were to go do a Google search of, you know, Ukrainian war... And and then images, that's what you see. You see some grainy satellite picture of some yeah. road in the middle of nowhere with like this tank blown up in it. <laughs> and it's like, well, and wait a minute, you know. Possible. And in yeah. this scenario, in that case, they the Ukrainian casualties would be higher than the Russian because that would solely be a psyop to keep the American money flowing. Right, right. That oh, that's true. Maybe it, it all fits. They, they all, they've all got to do that. Well, where do you, um, as we head into winter and we head into, there is at some point, um, I think that there is some pushback, both in Europe and in the, among the American population to the war in Ukraine. I mean, do you, but on the other hand, like you said, the gravy train, I can see them being willing to keep it rolling until somebody makes some stuff. I mean, how do you, how do you see this going? And bottom line, the other part of that question is, what is the danger, though, of Putin deciding to take some sort of more drastic action, too? I don't think he's going to do that. Okay. If if the war is real, which I okay. do generally tend to think, yeah. uh, he it, 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 even if he's winning, it hasn't gone as well as he could have or should have expected. Uh, after all, the whole world expected that he would roll in in a matter of days right. and there would be no significant resistance. And so the fact that we're still talking about this over a year after the invasion started, actually, what is it, a year and a half now? Uh, it's 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 extraordinary and it's not a good look for the Russian military. Now, to be sure, he has wanted to minimize the risk for the Russians because he knows that this war is unpopular at home. The Russians think of the Ukrainians as part of Russia. I mean, that's one of the reasons why he actually started the war. But paradoxically, it works against him as well, because when he kills Ukrainians, a lot of Russians think, what are you doing killing our own people? Right, right. So so, it's sort of a minimalist. I mean, when he went into Georgia, when he went into Armenia and, and some other ones, you know, these lopped off the Russian section of those countries and yeah. really left everything else alone. Um, so I and, don't see him rolling into Poland or Finland yeah, or something yeah. after this. Okay. Uh, well, I'll just... strong, but I don't think it's, I don't think he's even got the ability if he wanted to. Right. In the meantime, though, I think they'll keep raising the specter of Putin launching a nuclear war. So oh. everyone has to keep spending more money. At a certain yeah. point, you begin to think the United States is going to run out of money. They're going to run we out are. of Ukrainians. All we're doing well. is borrowing the money from the Chinese <laughs> yeah. uh, to fight the war, to, to give it to Ukrainians, to <laughs> give it to our politicians. I mean, we're we're spending 
what, seven trillion a year and we're bringing in five and, and the rest is being funded by people who buy U.S. bonds? Yeah, it's a good gig if you can get it, I guess. Well, not, not if you're not if you're us. <laughs> no, no. Well, we can't get that gig, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, no, we can't. Hey, Robert, thank you. Your insights are always so amazing. Thank you as thank always. You, you're great. And any new Ukrainian oil companies watching, I'm hireable. Here we go. We are too. We can be your minions. I'm, <laughs> I'm on other boards. I mean, come on. I'm... <laughs> Robert, thank you so much. Have a great Friday. <laughs> thank you. You too. All right. Everybody loves you too. On the comments and Zoom, everybody loves. Um, oh, this is from Leo. All the dead Ukrainians are now registered Democrats. <laughs> um, according to, um, so, so this is funny, from Charlene. Siri says Ukraine has about 40 million people. No telling how many have left. I think it's um, 18 left. Uh, I mean, a whole, yeah, exactly. Well, in the beginning, I mean, his point, and you got to remember that when we talk about the war, is you cannot forget the whole corruption aspect. I mean, he started out by saying, mm-hmm. here's what you got to remember that, you know, and the Sam Bankman Freed stuff, that's all yeah. kind of gone away and got quiet. But it's like, you know, so he, why is he getting money from Ukraine? And where's Ukraine getting all of that money, right? So it's from, this, us. from us. So it was this giant money laundering thing. Um, and and I think what what um, Robert said to you before you came down is they'll keep it going until somebody makes them stop, right? It's like why why wouldn't you, right? Well, you know, <laughs> Bush said Bush, uh, Trump said that he'd end it in twenty four hours. You could just say we're not funding anymore. Whoa, war's over. Constitution suddenly like all right, all right, all right. Uh, they all go put their gold bars. They hide them a little more sneaky. Right, get, Menendez. Yeah, but, take them back from Menendez and can't and cash them in. All right. Well, thank you to Robert Spencer for that. Wanted to talk a little bit um, about um, that the uh, the RNC. Um, I said this first, and the, you did say it first. I did I'll say it first, and now Newt Gingrich and Laura Ingram picking up on it. But after the last debate, which by the way, twenty seven percent fewer people watched than the first debate, which far fewer people watched than than an actual uh, debate where tr- that Trump was in in the previous election. Um, and I said, you know, Trump's poll numbers. Don't go down. In fact, there was an interesting story. If you guys haven't checked it out, try it at the Conservative Treehouse, where um, actually it's a New York Times story, but don't go to their paywall. The Conservative Treehouse outlines it for you, where um, a New York Times got an email or some kind of memo leaked to them from the, what's it called? Um, Club for Growth. Yeah, Club for Growth, which is essentially the the rhino establishment people funding DeSantis, right? And- well, it's more than that. At one time they backed Trump, but they, they you know, they don't like his economic nationalism controlling the border and so lots of other things that interfere with the, their ability to make money right, right? right and so um and and so they're saying nothing we're doing they test all these ads they do all of their attacks against trump are failing and they said in fact when they show some of these test ads to sort of focus groups where they attack trump for january 6 people boo and hiss at them and say trump didn't do that when they show anything attacking trump even if it's somewhat true they're like so what so what he's trump right they're like we don't know what to do you know and he has our, this- our propaganda is not effective this, not- is, this is on america <laughs> how can these people not fall for our propaganda and then in the meantime you know you said what in a new york post which is a rupert murdoch thing trump has 62 percent of the primary uh, vote, primary vote and, and-, and beats biden by three four. exactly and so i'm saying why is the rnc allowing 
the Republicans, you know, allowing their donors wish list to try to become reality. It's not going to become reality. They need to do what the Democrats are doing, knock off the primary debates, quit spending money there. You know, I don't know if you're the other candidate. I don't think you drop out because they're probably going for other things, too. But they need to quit having these debates, quit pretending that there actually is going to be a primary. And we need to start spending our time and effort on things like getting out the vote, ballot harvesting efforts, things like that that will actually help Trump win and Biden lose. So I was shocked to see that Laura Ingram, of all people, who has been a DeSantis supporter all along, is starting to go along with that. She had Newt Gingrich on last night. No, yeah, I think it was last night, if not not last night, the night before. And and they were talking about that. And Newt said the same thing I am. They're like, we need to end these debates. The RNC, we just need to get behind Trump, whether we like him or not, because he's better than Biden. Where would we have heard that kind of well, unity? The way, way to do it is say, okay, for this next debate, you have to have double digits ah. uh, approval. And there's only one person who would have it, which is DeSantis, and therefore there'd be no debate. I mean, you don't have to go, we're getting rid of the debate. So you, at this point, you have to have double digit thing and i go oh, guess we don't guess have we it don't, that, right exactly and i know we've got a phone call so hang on caller we'll get you in a second but if we could kind of just wrap this part up if we could please play the newt gingrich number one soundbite thomas talking to our mutual friend uh the pollster matt towery this afternoon and matt said to me based on what he saw last night this race is over donald trump will be the nominee they might as well quit having the various debates because they don't work they're not helping anybody uh and uh I think that's where we are. I think Trump will be the nominee. And the question now for everybody is, do you want to see Joe Biden reelected or do you want to help Donald Trump? There's no middle ground here, I don't think, uh, because you're either going to get Trump as president or you have Biden and Biden's reelection would be a disaster for the country. I, I think you quoted on my podcast today someone saying Trump now after this last debate is the reality and defeating Biden is the necessity so given those two yep. uh, you know, thoughts uh, that con- the conservatives, I-, I imagine most of them see now, I mean, now what? Are, are people going to st- start dropping out and endorsing well, Trump or are they just going to hang out until Super Tuesday? Well, I think I mean, I think the Republican National Committee should cancel the future debates and say, look, uh, we recognize the objective fact that Trump will be the nominee. We want to work with him. And then the next big hurdle is a totally corrupt judicial system, which is trying every way it can uh, to, to deny the American people uh, the right to have the candidate that they're choosing. They don't want that. And that's a thing. And I think, and we'll play another soundbite and then we'll get to the phone here in a second. But that's exactly what's going on, right? It's, um, they, they should they should just acknowledge it, right? And and let the other candidates, like you said, why are they debating? It's just ridiculous. And I think the- RNC- Well, the other thing about the debate uh, that was really amazing is the moderators. Uh-huh. Did you hear one question about about how the Justice Department is no. weaponized? No. One question about how they're destroying our democratic rights? No. It's Joe uh, Calderon uh, telling us that, you know, why don't we give amnesty and, and Dina yeah, Perino. Dina was introducing Hillary Clinton Hillary as Clinton. the amazing Hillary Clinton. Just like a two days ago, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that. Well, the Democrat, so Newt is right. He said, you know, look, the Democrats are desperate. We, You know, a typical Republican Party. We finally have the Democrats where we want them, right? And we're like, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, use that opportunity to do good. If we could please play the Newt soundbite number two, Thomas. I mean, Trump and some of these races, some of these polls, Trump is like 43 points ahead of the next person. 43 points. Uh, He's going to be the nominee. 
And I think it tells you how terrified the left is that they're doing everything they can legally because they can't do anything politically. Uh, given the economy, given everything else that's going on, I think the odds are very high that Trump will win the general election and they're going to do everything they can to stop that. And the Republican National Committee needs to start fighting back against that, right? Rather than having these useless debates with useless with useless uh, moderators. Okay, so we've got, is it Anne on line two? We'll go to the phones right now. Hey, is it Anne or is this Mary? I wasn't sure. On line two? Oh, it's okay. Hey, yeah, this is, this is Okay, Anne, hey, Anne. Okay, and um, wanna- first of all, I wanted to thank you so much for continuing your radio show oh. because what you cover is so huge. And to see J-I-H-A-D, watch.org, uh, um, Robert Spencer speak today was outstanding. So, you know, and, and this clip about Newt standing by, by Trump because it's real. Um, anyway, the reason I'm calling is I want to ask your listeners to get a paper and pencil to take action to protect our right to be represented um, by our party platform Republican. Um, if you go to um, open primaries, P-R-I-M-A-R-I-E-S dot org, you will find the history and the mission of open primaries. And because you are, we are voting, I mean, the, um, the county officers, which is primarily the membership of the central committee, we need to email them. And if you can call, like some of the um, counties um, of Republican websites, have a phone number so you can leave a message. But you can also email them, and we have to email them to inform them that there was a Colorado Sun article written in July last year, of, in July of 2022, and it showed that 57% of the Republican Party, I mean, the, the Republican primary in June last year, was decided by unaffiliated. So yeah. if 57% um, uh, unaffiliated were registered to vote in our Republican primary, that means between at least 10 to 30 percent of those um, ballots were from Democrats who switched their party affiliation right. and then voted for our weakest candidate. I know personally in Boulder, Colorado, from a Democrat um, who announced in a meeting that I was at that the Democrats could call one phone number and get 2,000 Boulder Democrats to do take whatever action they were instructed to take. So that's not counting Denver and Colorado Springs and, and Fort Collins. And the mission that's stated on the openprimaries.org website says they are not – no party affiliation is going to end up allowing you to have any difference in your voting, in your voting okay? No, and so, – I urge, I just urge that people get to that website um, of their county, their specific county today, and inform them. Just send them that website. Say that this, that, you know, all those officers were elected to represent Republicans' victories in elections, and if they don't vote to close the primary. They are in violation of the mission they stated that they were uh, said to represent. Okay. Right. I think that's a great idea, Anne. I think that's a great yeah, idea. I want to let you go here now, but that's a good idea. And thank you. You always have great information, so I appreciate that. And and you're right. I mean, thank you, Anne. And I think that 
um, you know, that kind of leads into the stuff you've been working all day, right? And that is um, opting to close the primary because, uh, as she points out, we know that the Democrats are meddling in the in the in the Colorado primaries, and we know that anyone who says they oh they're for closing the primary, but then they don't vote for closing the primary is actually not for closing the primary. And so we've got some comments here. This from um, from Charlene, Chuck, and Julie. Maybe you can try to get Lou from Douglas County School Board on here. Okay, rhinos are trying to railroad her like they did Vicky Tonkins. Um, okay, I will look into that. Um, Charlene, feel free to send me any more information. Um, oh, Ivy Lou, I'm sorry. Um, Ivy Lou, you know, I've heard a little bit about this. And the Douglas County School Board has always been ground zero, oh. really, for right for the teachers union and things and for um, charter schools and school choice and right. things like that. So uh, that's another battlefront, really, that people forget about is um, the school board races. And you've got a bunch of those coming well, up. I have a lot of them coming up, and it's going to be absolutely critical. And I think this is the greatest time ever because parents are finally really tuned into what schools are up to. They're not the, these kind of nice, right. let's teach them reading and math and stuff. They're indoctrination. Centers. Well, and in the meantime, the schools and the teachers union got desperate, or maybe they just got cocky. And and I mean that in, in the worst sort of way, in terms of like, oh, we don't even care about parents anymore. So we can just flat out say we don't care about parents. And then we'll have the FBI investigate them. And we'll have them, you know, the White House calling the teachers unions yeah. and saying, hey, you, you guys want us to start investigating parents for you? And again, keep in mind, it's, it, you know, it's it's all you know going to be. I think the censorship is going to start cracking down even harder. I mean, you kind of wanted to briefly. It's a party fight. We got a few minutes left. The Russell whole Russell brand thing and the cancel well, culture. Save that for for, uh, for a whole day. Okay. For a whole show what's about, talk- about, about oh. what's going on. And it's always the same. Um, it's the same people. And we were subject to that attack how many years ago? Right. Um, so I think we have a good feel for what they what they do and, and how awful they are. I think we got somebody to hand up. Oh, hey, okay, Charlene, jump oh, on in here. I don't, you may have something you want to talk about, but I may be late to the party on this one. But no. I just saw on Facebook where uh, they uh, this Liston guy uh, is hopefully getting censured because he tried to ruin Vicki Tom husband's good name right. he, yes. it sounds like he falsely accused him of chest bumping him right and so we, did he, a whole, we did a whole show on that and oh, we had okay on. i missed it oh my goodness oh, well, you anyway. have to go back and find it and so what happens is i think it was titled jurors smackdown rhino or something like that yeah and so what happened is, is then it went to trial and it was dismissed i think the jury vicky said was out like literally like 10 minutes and we have information on that. Well, I mean, the yeah. And, and you know what him. kills me is that so he he throws the officer under the bus, and then uh, he calls his friends in high places, yeah. and he says, "Oh, she didn't. You know, they didn't do a good job." And so then he admits that while he's being interviewed yes. at the police station, <laughs> he calls higher ups to throw this officer under the bus and then uh and then he so he finally gets him to court and then it's you know dismissed it's just but you know people shouldn't get away with things like that no, you know that's what yeah. that's no what i think and I, do. I do know the republican party leadership they have talked about it and postpone the vote to next month yeah they postpone it till next month um to torture him no i'm kidding <laughs> Well, you know, exactly. And, you know, really, it would have been cool if he would have done that to a Democrat, you know. But no, oh, the White House are too cowardly to do that to a Democrat. They'll hello. do it to the to the real patriots. It's just exactly. amazing. I mean, it's an, an incredible story. I mean, it's even worse than what you described, because what initially happened, well, you kind of described it, but the Cotto Springs police investigated it. First of all, why is 
why is Liston even calling the cops on this, right? Um, and so they they come out there and they're like, oh, dude, there's nothing here, right? And there was, you know, what else? Well, I mean, talk about it. Well, and there's I mean, videotape. There's videotape of the exactly. whole thing. Exactly. It's just like it's an idiot. Then you have him going into the uh, police station and trying to get the charges uh, bumped up to a felony. Uh, <laughs> And it's like, and, and no, and then all of this is on tape. Uh, number one, you should be censored for just being such so stupid. But, but you're right. It's like, I, I mean, those guys go after, and you know, God bless Vicky and her husband because yeah. one of the things. Oh, like, I, know it. I know it. I know it. He had to hire a defense attorney. Well, they spent tens of thousands of dollars. Vicky and didn't Vicky. cost listing a penny. No, and of well, course, it should cost listing something. It should. There should be something yeah. that is false accusations there should be some suit filed and he should right. have to pay damages because they just can't keep doing stuff like this right. anyway all right well thank you i'll, I'll go all back right. and listen thank to you and charlene all just right. so you know leo wrote a note in there you're not late to the party it never you're never late to the party it doesn't start till you get there so <laughs> <laughs> so thank you leo okay <laughs> thank you bye Thanks, Charlene. And we'll look into the Douglas County School Board thing. Um, well, one thing, too, that's kind of interesting, um, the um, government, I guess, is going to shut down at midnight on Sunday, Yay. potentially. Yay. Um, and, it, you know, it was kind of a weird little article I read in Politico where they were kind of saying, you know, b- because of the pandemic, since like the majority, it was something like 62 or something like almost 70 percent of federal workers have a hybrid schedule yeah. that requires them to work one day yeah. in the office, right? One day in the office. And Washington, well, and they were kind of doing a positive spin on the shutdown because in previous shutdowns, you know, some of the business lunch places and things like that, the Uber right. drivers, right? They lost a little bit of money because there wasn't anybody working downtown. But since no Luckily. one, but, but, but the positive spin on this shutdown is since no one, none of the federal government workers work anymore. Or state workers. Or, or state or workers. county workers. They or... have any impact on the economy right, right. so but jared polis is out there saying he will make sure the state parks stay open thank you jared thank oh, you thank Harris. you jared, thank you, jared. but you know again i didn't know the federal government controlled the state park well but, but anyway. jared polis controls the oh, federal. Yeah, he, he may he might not i right, think right. he's just waiting to see what happens with robert kennedy jr and then he'll jump up and raise his hand all right um robert kennedy jr today um that he's talking to libertarians. Talking to libertarians, exactly. That's we had some good points. Oh, this is Jacob on the ongoing Trump legal harassment. He says, if according to the judge, the Trump properties are worth only 20% of what is published and Trump paid taxes on the published price, then isn't Trump owed a refund? You know, I think so too. How about the surrounding properties that were comped with the Trump properties? Aren't they owed a refund? That's absolutely true. Um, and then from Leo on the government, government shutdown, does that mean the new 87,000 armed IRS workers will be at home cleaning their guns? Um, maybe. Target practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll be they'll be gone. Well, I mean, you know, the federal workers all get their back pay too. And well, they don't miss it. They don't get they get all their back pay. And now you can see it on MSNBC, CNN, and all the other ones. Oh, this poor grandmother. Well, and I think Nat Gates has raised a point. I mean, he's trying to say, you know, I'm not going to vote for anything. But first, we want single issue bills yeah, right yeah. which makes sense um and like he said it's not like kevin mccarthy didn't know this day was coming so why <laughs> why weren't they working on it not going to vote for anything that funds ukraine although that laws uh, thank you ken buck and doug lamborn not going to vote for anything that funds jack smith's office who's prosecuting persecuting trump um you know uh, why ken buck votes for this i mean it 
I don't know. It, it could be fixed if they wanted it to. And they, I'm a clue. I guess that's a silly question, Julie. Oh, they, they don't want it to. Where have you been? I don't know. I was like reading my Pollyanna book before yeah, I came on the show. So. <laughs> um, so my prediction is the government will shut down Sunday at midnight. None of us will notice anything. And and actually, they will keep sending money to Ukraine. And you oh, know. That, that, yeah, the Ukraine will dissolve. That's that'll continue on. No, no problem there. They'll get their Abrams tanks and other things they can die in. And then everybody will still funnel money back to the politicians. Right, uh, but right. also, you know, interestingly, finally, finally, the um, Comer and the House committees have subpoenaed Hunter Biden yeah, and he, James Biden. Which, so, which is what Matt Gates said. If they're serious, they would have. They would have. Uh, right. And of course, he'll say Fifth Amendment. Um, but still, drag him in there, yeah, right? Drag him in there, drag because you have these emails now that that fairly explicitly show Hunter Biden saying, "Well, we're doing, we need to get Dad involved, or you're doing this to protect Dad, right?" I mean, he's clearly talking about that. Yet, yeah, what? And the, the the wire transfer went to Joe Biden's house. Right. I, I guess maybe he's like, "Oh, Hunter was staying there for the night, so we yeah, just had to go yeah. there." I, I mean, I mean, it's it's, and then you have all the Democrats who who are not tethered to to any truth anymore and they just oh it's nothing it's a nothing burger unlike the ukrainian impeachment of trump and all the other no no this is a and anybody who's looked at kind of goes yeah yeah they're totally corrupt and the democrats are almost yeah but everybody is you well, know? The, mainstream, the corporate media isn't even covering it right no, no, i mean no, you look no. at the, the website the hill right which is theoretically covering the hill which you know darn well covered wall the wall the trump impeachment right, things, right? right you don't even see anything on the impeachment nothing on the or impeachment or, or anything else. no are right, this are guys this is tasteless but it's party friday and this is kind of funny from jacob feinstein who died today has finally met term limitations <laughs> <laughs> you know somebody was i'll point this out somebody they were saying oh I'm- which for the supreme court and for and for Congress people seems to be you know literally till death they mean literally. <laughs> well, and they, all of that now all of a sudden she's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Even though just, oh, yes, uh, they were hammering Pathfinder. Her. Yeah, but uh, again, you know, Seven keep in icon. mind, wasn't she the one? Um, she had like a Chinese spy yeah, who was a uh, driver. Her husband made a ton of money off of that. She was on the committee, right? At, at the conservative treehouse tallied all this up, where they, you know, they let Christine Blasey Ford testify right, yeah, yeah, against, yeah. you know, Kavanaugh. I mean. Okay, she's not the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? Now she hasn't been perhaps um, as as corrupt as she used to be, just simply because she's old. And I know, and her family's fighting about everything. But but at any rate, yeah, it's you know she's like, oh, Saint Diane Feinstein. I don't think so. Um, hey, well, that is going to do it for us on this party Friday. On Monday, we will have the complete report from the big Colorado Republican. Good news. Uh, we overcome the incredible odds. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But stay t- be sure to tune in on Monday, though, because we'll have a complete report from Chuck. From me. And everybody, anyone else we can get to talk about that, too. In the meanwhile, thank you to Robert Spencer, all of you great guys on Zoom, the great folks, Thomas, and everybody at BBSRadio.com. And we will see you all. Now it's time for Party Friday. Take care.